The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyse. A self-contained podcast, who knows how long, located between your ears. A place of discussion and fun for newcomers and veterans alike. A shining download online, all alone on the web. It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, the year the introcast wars came upon us all. This is the story of a Babylon 5 introcast. The year is 2014. The show, Down Below. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ian. I'm Heidi. I'm Elizabeth. Well, we're back, everybody. Sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> hey. It happens, doesn't it? But... Yeah. Nice to have a little break, whether it's expected or unexpected. <laughs> we still got a couple of treats from Heidi and Elizabeth, though. Yeah. We are pleased to be joined by a first-time visitor to Down Below. Say hello to Mitch. Hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Uh, yeah, thanks for being on and even with all the delays and everything. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah, so tell us how you came to be acquainted with Babylon 5. Okay, I was at a Star Trek convention in Omaha. It was the November before Babylon 5 premiered, and Majel Barrett was the single guest. She was up there talking about the cast of Deep Space Nine and mentioned, in addition to this, there's another sci-fi show that we should all check out coming soon called Babylon 5. And people in the audience started booing and hissing because... (laughs) Because there can only be one science fiction show on television. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and I that's Star that. Trek. And she, oh my gosh, was a cheerleader for the show before it even premiered. She was saying, oh no, don't you dare do that. Every single one of you better tune in or you will, I will make you pay. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay. Um, so I did because Mangel Barrett told me to. <laughs> yeah, of course, you're and, a good boy, aren't you? Absolutely. And I have not missed an episode. I started when it premiered and have been a fan ever since. That's awesome. Oh, cool. And Majel Barrett is the wife of the creator of Star Trek and she was in a lot of she was in the original series and on the next generation in Deep Space Nine and whatnot. Yep, she was okay. the voice of the computer for all of Star Trek. She was also Lawaxana Troy, Deanna Troy's mother. Right. Oh. Can you I have ask no idea who question? that is, do you? Sorry. I know who Deanna Troy is. I don't know who her mother is. I assume it's her mother. Yep. Um, sorry, Will, is it just me? Because everything is breaking up. Could anybody else hear that? I think it might be just on my end. It's no, mostly here. right here. Okay, let me just fix something. I'm going to close everything else. I think it might okay. be Audacity or something hogging up a lot of my memory. Or um, Okay, you guys, sorry, continue. I just... I wasn't sure. And you did pick this episode, Mitch. I guess we'll get into that later. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I sure did. (laughs) This is one of the ones. Once I um, 
Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to this episode a lot. Are you? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a question for you, Will. Um, a yes. couple at podcasts back, you mentioned that that episode was the second most requested episode of the season. What was the most requested episode? Uh, let me see. Um, the most requested episode was, I think, In the Shadow of Zaha Doom. Definitely not me, surprised on that one. Let me check just to be sure I don't say the wrong. The most requested episode was, yes, In the Shadow of Zaha Doom, and the second most is we haven't done yet. Okay. Mm. I can guess what episode that is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There's only like two left or something. Yeah, three after this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. three. Okay. It's the one where Morden plays a third character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Morden plays his gay twin. <laughs> and he's that picture I posted in Facebook is him. <laughs> well, today we are here to discuss episode 19 of season two, Divided Loyalties. But first, here's an ISN special report. Hello, listeners. This is your weekly ISN Gossip Roundup. Yeah, we have no gossip to report. Not a thing. Nothing interesting going on here. We return now to our in-depth look at the Psychor this week. We wanted to know what you think, so we went straight to the source. First, we visited Babylon 5 and asked Anarn for their thoughts. As you can see, things took an unexpected turn when a Centauri showed up. Earth, Psychor... I do not know much about this organization. We Narns do not have telepaths. It is my understanding that our Ambassador Jakar has been working on this uh, problem. However, we have other, more pressing business to attend to at this time, as you are well aware. Ah, do not listen to him. Everyone knows that Narns are just a bunch of Primitives and suffrages. Well, they're just a bunch of terrorists. What? You can't believe a thing that they say. Kiss my pouch, you. After we were asked to leave Babylon 5, we took to the streets in various Earth locations in search of the answer to this question. What do you think of the Psychor? Take a listen. I love the Psychor. Both my mom and dad are core, and I grew up with a lot of size around. It made me feel safe. I think sides are misunderstood. They don't go around reading everybody's mind and hatching evil schemes like some TV show. Okay, dear, that's enough. Yes, mother. You really want to know? Well, I tell you. When I was 14, my best friend one day stopped coming to school. We spent every day together for years and then nothing I found out that he had the opportunity to enroll in the Star Academy I never heard from him again Psycor? I would love to be a Psy can you imagine? nobody would ever be able to lie to you like my ex-wife 
I'd be like, look, bit, uh, woman, I know you cheated on me. Don't lie to me. I know. I would be so powerful. <laughs> Everybody has secrets. Hey, where are you going? What kind of... I think it's a good thing to have them separate, I mean. It's not that I don't like them. Not at all. I'm very open-minded. Everybody says so. But we can't just have telepaths running around without any kind of restrictions. They would just read your thoughts like that. No privacy. It's not like I want them locked up or anything. It's just I don't want them, you know... I just think that they need to have more restrictions. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's not right to force people to join a group or take drugs or whatever else they make them do. What humans don't know, they fear, right? Well, perhaps we should be afraid. Afraid of what might happen when the Psy Corps starts to push back. I think, uh... Well, I'm not sure if I should say what I think. Uh, could you maybe leave that last one out? Join us for the Bycast, a podcast by and for the bisexual community. We discuss and give voice to all of us under the big umbrella, bringing you information, news, entertainment, and support for all. You can find us at thebycast.org, at thebycast on Twitter. The Bycast on Tumblr and Bycast in iTunes. Visit the Bycast page on Facebook and see how you can join the Facebook group. And remember, you're not wrong and you're not broken and you are not alone. So pull up your favorite comfy chair and relax. And remember, everybody gets a cookie. <laughs> I just wanted to thank everybody for participating from the Facebook group. I, You guys are all awesome. You guys got the files to me. You guys sound great. You guys all did different takes. I love it. And um, if anybody in the future ever wants to participate in case we do something like this again, um, just give us an email if you're not in the Facebook group. So, But thanks to everybody. Love it. Yes, also thank you. to get uh, great uh, participation from all our listeners. Oh, yeah. This episode originally aired October, ni- uh, October 11th, 1995. It's been almost five months since the, ori- uh, the last episode aired, but the UK got this one in July, apparently. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> what are you doing? Somebody is uh, adjusting their microphone or, or touching their microphone stand. <laughs> Yeah, that was my cat. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no, I've done the same thing with my dog. I didn't. You can't hear it on your end, and then it's so weird. It does mean the break we've had, the extra longer one, kind of is in keeping with the uh, air schedule. Sure, that was our intention. <laughs> this episode was directed by Jesus Trevino, and... I don't know, I thought he had directed a previous episode because I remember seeing that his name was like written so many different ways or he had gone by so many different names, but maybe I just was looking forward to this episode and started reading about it months ago and that's why that part was in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And this episode was written by JMS, of course. As we said last week, um, we might as well just remove that because he's writing every single one until something in season five I think yep and we all know which episode that is 
Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, all Elizabeth, of us veterans. Do. Not all of us. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So let's get started with the recap. I saw a note that said this episode takes place from October to December 2259, but I don't think it, it didn't seem like it took place over that what? much time. I don't Maybe trust that. Maybe it took place between October and December. And okay. they're not sure exactly when. Okay, maybe that's what it meant. Okay. okay, no, because from the beginning, Garibaldi's like, should we bring Talia in? That's right. And then only in a couple of days, and then the whole thing happened within a couple of days. Yeah, so it's a couple of days somewhere in that three-month period. Yeah, that's that's right. Okay, makes sense. But before we do the recap, um, Heidi and I did watch The Gathering, and we noticed somebody... Um, in the gathering that may show up, yeah. showed up later well, was so weird. I mean, not everybody listens to the commentary, but I can say that oh, we just weared yeah. it out by seeing oh, you mean Lita. And boy, did it bring oh, up yes, theories. <laughs> yeah, uh, fans have had theories uh, for several years, I think. Uh, but JMS definitely said at some point that it was just casting decision and yet. Yeah, not related at all to Morden. I don't care. Him. He can clear things up all he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still convinced that Sinclair and Delenn were married, so... Well, yeah, well... Yeah. We don't well, know Morden might have been the twin, for all we know. <laughs> yeah, there, there really could be clones out there. So the episode begins with Sheridan and Delenn getting their newspaper, The Universe Today... Lynn says she wants to be better prepared to deal with the press after her last encounter, which, and oh, now yeah. for a word. Yeah. Glad she mentioned that. She wants to find out what humans are saying about the Minbari and the stuff that they aren't telling her back home. Now, I don't know in the mid-90s just how customizable news was, but I kind of like that they were showing that, because that's kind of what we do now, isn't it, with, like, our like, Yahoo homepage, whatever that I use, RSS feeds. I read a lot of tech news, a lot of entertainment news. But Yeah, I've got the Flipboard app that, yeah. you know, customizable news. It, the only thing they did is doing this whole recyclable paper thing. Yeah. Right. No, I'm, saying, yeah I'm not saying JMS invented this, but it's probably the first time I saw it on TV <laughs> at least. You're not saying that. That's good. <laughs> well, he came from the future. Yeah. <laughs> If but he actually like, came from the future, it wouldn't have been on paper. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he didn't want to make it seem like he came from the future. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was hiding that, yeah. It's something about the smile that Delenn had on her face when she was putting her paper in the machine. I don't know if Delenn was just happy or if the actress was cracking up about something. It was just I just noticed the look on her face. It was it just the flirtatiousness. Felt- <laughs> yeah, they were clearly on. flirting. They yeah. really were flirting. And it just felt like such a natural everyday thing that we're just. It, it's something that could come right out of a. Um, what? Um, a soap. It yeah. could come right from a soap, you know? Yeah. That sort of uh, scene. The script does describe it as mild flirtation in that scene. Oh, there you go. Uh, I mean, they, she kind of looks at him like that all the time now. Yeah. Really. Um, but this was kind of like a really long joke setup. Like, the whole thing just, after, after you got to the punchline, it's kind of like a long joke setup. Which was fine, but it was it was kind of funny. 
Although it did continue the theme of baseball once again. Yeah, that's true. When, uh, when sports, talking yeah. baseball. And the script says Worlds Series. Bruce says it very fast where it sounds like the sixth game of the World Series. Yes, it's did. Worlds. It's Worlds. Okay. We know so more apparently, baseball. right, baseball is everywhere. Of course it is. <laughs> it's not even everywhere <laughs> on Earth, but yet it's all over the universe. Right. Yeah, of course. And next we go to Mars Colony. We see a wounded guy, Lee, walking through the sewers, I guess. A.K.A. down below <laughs> or something. <laughs> he uh, comes across Derek, who we see is dressed as a ranger. Dude, they you need see? to get better outfits. <laughs> you read on his Claire's influence because he was born on Mars and kind of has loyalty to Mars, so he would send uh, rangers to Mars, I reckon. Absolutely. I don't doubt that. I'm just saying, maybe dress a little bit more in the DL. <laughs> <laughs> but how many people would recognize a ranger outfit at this point? Once once one person knows about it, then that's it. It's over. Lee gives Derek some info and tells him to take it to Babylon 5 and tell them there's danger within. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and we get the opening credits. Did you get a sense of anything from these two characters? Any kind of a backstory? No. <laughs> According to JMS, when the two actors came in to audition, they acted like they were a couple. They had never met before auditioning. And JMS decided, you two are a couple. So they play it <laughs> on screen as though they are a couple. Oh, that's Aww. interesting. I did not get that. Oh. Very subtle, apparently. Go back and watch that scene again, and it's obvious. But it's not obvious the first time. Now you told me I'm definitely going to have to watch again. Interesting. And it fits because in with the rest of the episode. It does. <laughs> yeah. And, what do you mean? Uh, JMS, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> JMS has already um, said that when he's got background characters, he tries to mix up the couple so that, you know... You don't just have a male and female couple sitting down to a romantic dinner. You can have a male and male or female and female couple. And he talks about that in the script books as well. I haven't noticed any of this until now. After the credits, we have Sheridan and Garibaldi in the bathroom having a pretty innocent uh, conversation until they make sure that nobody is around. Sheridan really likes trees. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we also don't we also get the uh Pat Morale coming out one of the cubicles doing the yeah, yeah, yeah Pac Morale only stall. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I said on oh, the side. I didn't even yeah. notice. That's hilarious. I wanna know what happened in there. <laughs> I don't wanna know what smell is in that bathroom. <laughs> well we know they're carrion eaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why yeah, does he have maybe. to shake when he comes out? I want to know this. <laughs> because he was just, just like... listening to the soundtrack of Beetlejuice <laughs> in the <Yeah>. stall. <laughs> shake, shake. You, see, <laughs> you see, I can just imagine, you know, they'll put the pack rods in their own little private rooms because they smell so much. Right. They've already mentioned it several times. So they're, they're talking about... Um, recruiting Talia to their cause and they want to set up a meeting for a few days. Okay, I just have one question about this scene. What the heck are those red blinky lights above the urinal supposed to be? 
It's it's a future bathroom. Sorry, it's like future <laughs> toilet. I'm recording with you guys. I'm starting to use your terms. It's a toilet. It's not a bathroom. There are no <laughs> baths there. <laughs> that is true, uh, and I think it just yeah. it just means it's just from the future. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after that, Talia and Ivanova are having a meal together, and they are so flirty with each other. <laughs> okay. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. I see flirting everywhere. And completely missed it here. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I did too. Oh, they were flirting though. <laughs> yeah. And they've been doing this for a few episodes. Yeah, JMS said that they've probably been dancing around each other for a while now. Yeah, it's just a shame at this time, you know, the TV companies wouldn't allow them to do more than this. Yeah. Yeah, this is so 90s. Yeah, I don't know if it was before or after this, but Deep Space Nine had a same-sex kiss, but to me that was kind of cheating because one of them had been a man in a previous life. And yeah, that, that, that and is kind fight. of cheating. Uh, whereas this one, even if they can't show it, it at least is heavily hinted and it's very clear what's going on. It's not hinted, they're in the same bed. Well, well, no, she was disappeared from the same bed. (laughs) But they were clearly sleeping in the same bed. It definitely definitely seems that way. And the only way to show it is to show um, Talia leaning over to find one of her not there. Right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's not always, like, it was pretty, like... We were like, okay, you know, clearly they're doing something here, but it's like, we're not used to that now because now yeah. like, they would just do it, you know, like not yeah. when I say do it, they would just show that they were, you know, a couple or whatever, but it's all hinted at. And we've all seen Buffy here. I remember showing my mom season four. She did not get it until they literally spelled it out <laughs> that yeah. they were, you know, Willow and, spoiler alert, Willow and Tara were a couple until Willow basically said it. She was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, sometimes uh, that's, you know, expectations of watching TV. Right, you know, nowadays uh, it's, not a, it's not a big runaround, so we're not used to that. And, and so when you see that, you're kind of like expecting whatever it is to be on the surface. But um, it was, yeah, it was pretty obvious here. Yeah, except for that, maybe that cartoon on Nickelodeon that maybe I shouldn't say the name of where they had to just basically <laughs> hint at, and they couldn't really, yeah, they couldn't really go all the way within the, the creators had to come out and say, yes, these two are a couple, that's what we meant. Yeah, they in walk, the, they walked out into the sunset holding each other's oh. hands. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we talking about? What are we talking about? It's a, um, spoiler. Well, yeah, spoiler. It's the Legend of Korra. It's a cartoon on Nickelodeon that oh, just okay. ended a few okay. weeks ago. Well, uh, a few years before uh, this episode aired, um, in the UK, there was a soap where they had the first lesbian kiss on UK TV. Ah, uh, what soap was that? Uh, Brookside, I believe. Well, I watched this episode three times, and going back... You know, seeing it for the first time, and then going back the second and third time, and seeing their conversation at uh, wherever they were, the cafe. You still, it wasn't clear. You know, like there was. I I think my interpretation is that they hadn't hooked up at that point. Maybe not at that point, but they had just been kind of da- uh, flirting. Yeah, each other. definitely flirting yeah. at that point. But later in the episode, definitely. Right. 
So Clarence calls Ivanova to CNC because of a ship that's just sitting out there. And Talia mentions that she's having trouble with the recycling in her recycling system in her quarter. So Ivanova invites her to stay in her quarters. Bow, chicka, bow, <laughs> Is this the way they're looking? Yeah, this is the way they're looking at each other at this oh, point. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, yeah. This is why we're the, getting confused. The I'm impression sure any- I got. Go sorry. Ahead. The impression I got is that. Talia never had any problems in her quarters. I was just an excuse. Uh, <laughs> Whether that was an excuse from Talia or her dark personality, it's debatable. But yeah, I don't think there was ever a problem with her quarters. Yeah, I was thinking that afterwards too. Um, and also, anyone listening to our commentary for this episode probably thinks that we are incredibly naive, Elizabeth, because yeah, we picked up on nothing. <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, if they had presented them as being heterosexual throughout the show, uh-huh. Talia being married and stuff. So, you know, we're just going with what they gave us. So we're kind of like, oh, this is w- the way it's being portrayed is a little, you know, interesting. I kind of like how Jane Espenson, I think, looked at it on Battlestar Galactica. Like there's no gay and no straight. They're just kind of people who like who they like. Yeah, very true. Very true. There is that, uh, and all, but also you do have to acknowledge the fact that it's bisexuality, and you know, all too often on TV, if someone has a gay experience or relationship, they're automatically labelled as gay or lesbian. When if they've had, you know, experience with opposite gender, they're technically bi. <laughs> right. Um, oh yeah, so in CNC, they figure out that the ship was hit. They try to hail the ship unsuccessfully, and so they bring it in and they read one life form. In the docking bay, Franklin and Garibaldi are there. So, they haven't been able. Uh, sorry, but the, what this implies is that um, the Psychor was pursuing the ship and injured the ship. That's pretty. That's a lot of yeah. Resources. Yeah, yeah, definitely does. And someone decided, right, they had killed whoever's on board and they didn't need to pursue it further. Sorry. Otherwise, you would have had uh, Cyclops swarming all over Babylon 5. Right, exactly. didn't stop them before. In the docking bay, Franklin and Garibaldi are there. Uh, they haven't been able to identify the ship. Garibaldi thinks that it has a bogus serial number. They bring out the passenger and Garibaldi recognizes her. It's Lita Alexander. Yay! Hey. <laughs> you didn't like them. You didn't like uh, Lita at all, did you? No. <laughs> uh, yes. For those Good of you that didn't listen to the commentary and didn't see us on the Facebook group, we weren't so fond of her this episode. Yeah, we caught that. <laughs> yeah, it was good that they just didn't forget her and that. Yeah, because yeah, they were... they could have just used a throwaway character we'd never met before for this, mm-hmm. but no. They brought back a um, telepath we'd met before. Yeah, and I was very oh, happy about that. Yeah, it was Joe, nice. Joe reopened that back door. Every single character, when he created this series, has at least three back doors. We've already seen some of them. For uh, Laurel Takashima, her back door was Susan Ivanova. So if something happened with the cast or with something going on where someone decided they had to leave or the actor just didn't work out, uh, they would be able to bring somebody else into that role and fill out 
whatever the story needed to be. And in this case, it just happened to be uh, a case of perfect timing where the person that the Psychor was created for, uh, for Lita, they were able to bring this actress back. So the creators of Lost really should have uh, taken on this this model. It, it's, really, a sign, it's really a yeah. sign of good producer and showrunner who's kind of thinking about the realities of production, not just mm-hmm. the story you're telling. Right. Yeah. Here's Lita. It's good to have her back uh, for some of us, for some of us. It was good to have her back. She just made some interesting acting choices. Well, I assume that she'll have show up again because everybody seems to like her, and I can't imagine it's just for this. Well, spoilers, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying what I assume. We just get have to deal with what we see of her in this episode. I think in Med Lab, Lita wakes up and she starts screaming and demands to see the captain and everyone else all together. Lita is terrible at keeping things on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you're going to start screaming that somebody's a, you know, a mole and da-da-da-da-da. Well, no. yeah. she's, you know, for all she's she just... knows, Franklin could be the mole and already be there to kill her. So she's trying to defend herself. So you let By him tell know him that you're aware knows. of it? Yes, exactly. Well, she has just been through a firefight and seen two of her friends killed. No excuses. <laughs> <laughs> So she doesn't want to be alone with anybody. She says she can prove that one is a traitor. So after this, she has the group together. She says, um, but she's about to tell them cost two men their lives. And I'm thinking many, many Bothans died to bring us this information, <laughs> but uh, different series there. Um, she said B5 is important. So she came back to warn them. Uh, they wanted to know. Well, I guess the Psychoria, they wanted to know what was in Kasha's mind. All she retained was his memory and a feeling. After she escaped Psychor, she tried to go to Vorlon space because she's been drawn there. And she knows they'll let her in at some point, but because nobody's been able to reach Vorlon space. So when she says she had to escape Psychor, does that mean they were keeping specifically her on lockdown? Or is that just in general? Oh, her. Absolutely. I wanted to know. She's she's the only telepath that they are aware of that has ever been able to scan a Vorlon. Mm -hmm. She has been inside the head of a Vorlon. That's information that the Psychor wants. They want this information. They want it bad. So presumably, this is just me thinking, they must have been interrogating her quite a bit then. Oh, yeah. Scanning her or whatever. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing, especially when we get to the end of this episode. I'll go into it when we get to the scene, but that makes raises a lot of questions, really. So while she was on Mars, she got involved in the revolution. And one of their people was murdered after an intelligence gathering operation. They found out about a secret Psychor program where they can implant another personality into someone until a secret password is transmitted telepathically. And after that happens, the implanted personality takes over and destroys the original personality. Someone at B5 isn't what he or she appears, which reminds me of something Jakar once said. 
And they've got a code name for this uh, mole. We've heard the code yeah. name before. Yeah. Oh, you mean the word or whatever? Control. Oh, control. Yeah. Oh, that's the San, San Diego. Oh, yeah. well, well, in San Diego, you had Bureau 13, and they were talking to Control, control. on Babylon 5. We now yeah, know... I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Go, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. It's just, without going into what JMS said, I suppose, um, we that, that kind of means they were talking to this secret personality in Talia. So the personality is not really latent, then it comes out. It can come out at times, yes, to protect itself. That's what um, Lita actually says. It'll protect itself. So it can assert dominance whenever it's being threatened, I think. Or whenever it's actually been contacted. Say if Euro 13 contacts it for a mission, like it did earlier in the season. Right. I wonder why they had to do the fail-safe thing where... I mean, I guess it is a fail-safe where once you tell it the word, it completely destroys the other personality. Like, you'd think it would be better to just keep it hidden, you know, and, and especially if it could come out whenever it needs to. Because it's Never. the psychor. Oh, it's the psychor. And oh, because it's the psychor, okay. Well, well the, <laughs> the way they're probably thinking is that, right, when this mission is over we get rid of the original personality, then we've got a loyal psycho agent who'll do anything for us. Exactly. We can, just re- we can just reprogram it again with a new personality to go undercover in a new scenario. It's okay. They're all about control. I feel and like the that- word personality doesn't really work in this context, but... Because Talia's uh. never had one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh... But there was one point in that last, well, I think it was Spider in the Web, where I, didn't they get an order from Control to kill Talia? Well, no. Maybe that was... The message from Control was that Talia is a threat and that she could expose things. Vera 13 then decided, okay, Talia needs to be killed. It was, okay, okay we need to sacrifice our mole to ensure our assassin does his job. It's basically saying this resource outranks that resource. Yeah, that's what my take on it is. So is Talia like, like hated in the fandom or something? Not exactly. Just... From what I've heard, it's kind of you know the actress is Can't actually act. really. Um, well, I was going to say she's actually kind of active in um, what I've seen. You know, she'll go to conventions. You know, there's pictures out there with her and um, uh, the actress who plays a run of them, blanking on her name. Claudia uh, Christian. Yeah, Claudia Christian. And I think she's done a few interviews down the line. And, you know, so the character per se, you know, there's behind the scenes things that happened and perhaps she would have stayed on board, but the actress didn't want to stay, essentially. Mm. Because she just felt she wasn't getting um, used. She wasn't... Um, her character wasn't being utilised at all. And, yeah, we, how many episodes have we seen her in this season? <laughs> do we want to get into that discussion now? Or like- no, I have, we can do that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I was just trying to explain um, how, you know, her place in the fandom, really. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, pictures. I think the... 
like Ivanova and Delin and Talia. I've seen pictures of them just like hanging out together. So I think they're like still friends. Aww. Yeah, they've actually a found photo where they're actually kissing. Yeah. Well, they we couldn't do it in the show. Yeah, we couldn't do it in the show. So here you go. Yeah, it's official. They were in a relationship. Yeah, so Lita has this password, and she wants to send a telepathic probe to each one of the command staff one at a time. Sheridan knows that his people will object, but Lita says it's not a question of loyalty since the person doesn't know what happened. So Sheridan's going to think about it, and she says not to take too long because the personality is designed to protect itself. It's not a question of loyalty, but the personality will come out, and you'll never see that person again because it'll take over. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe she didn't know that. Maybe they didn't get that bit of information. Uh, uh you it, know. They said it at some point. I don't remember if it was here or later. Well, well, they said at certain dominance. They didn't say the original personality had been wiped, did they? Yeah. They yeah, I think that. I said it would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That is actually what you're asking then is okay. Can I commit murder? <laughs> right. <laughs> Basically. When Lita leaves, Susan says she's <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> and next we're in the garden with Sheridan talking to Delyn. This is kind of becoming a regular date for them. <laughs> it is. Sure, yeah. she wants to talk about food shipments. Yeah, shipping food to the Nar. He's had a bad day and they start talking about butts. Yeah, so cute. She manages to cheer him up, and she puts his hand on his, and then he gets a call from Garibaldi and has to go. And yeah, so much flirting. <laughs> see oh some fish people walk in. Fish people. <laughs> see, it might have been a little better with some Marvin Gaye playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the interesting thing when the fish people walk in, they're clearly a couple, and they're all canoodling on another bench. It's kind of <laughs> Yeah, this is where couples go to make yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> this tiny little space. This is like lover's lane. <laughs> I mean, she basically skipped away when she left, too. Because, yeah. <laughs> this is like... <laughs> there we go. Anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> okay. I'm like, oh my god, this is it's gonna happen, isn't it? They're gonna... They're gonna it has to together for reals, not just in our minds. Exactly, we didn't make this one up. No. So, um, next, Garibaldi said that he's checked out her story as much as he could. Franklin has confirmed that um, the Underground Railroad helped her get off Mars. Sheridan's skeptical. He thinks she might have been sent there to cause trouble, and he wants to sleep on it. Yeah, it's like a hard thing to to fathom, really. And- Y'all have my dog snoring. No, no. <laughs> he's, he's sitting right on the couch next to me. Okay. So in Ivanova's quarter, she's mad. And then Talia. But they're wearing. So this was the first clue. They're wearing nice satiny robes. Yeah. <laughs> we did notice Which that. I'm, yeah. Because, you know, normally when my friends come over, I'm not That's in like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Talia's just come out of a shower as well. Yeah. Right. Weirdly dry hair. <laughs> and I, it's interesting. So what did she say? She hadn't had a hot water shower in 
so long. Yeah, and I was like, I guess... really? That's something that's not... Yeah, uh, I think you find out, I think in the very first episode of this season when Sarah Doom first comes aboard, all she the command the staff, thing. yeah, all the command staff get <clears throat> hot and cold running water. Everyone yeah. else get vibe showers. Vibe showers. Because they, I think the ambassadorial staff do as well. It's just they don't have enough recycling, water recycling capabilities to do it for more than, you know, maybe a dozen people. Right, yeah. It seems like it'd be very practical to not have to do that running water thing. Yeah. So Varnava asked uh, Talia about Lita, and Lita and Talia were friends, and back in the day, and Talia has good things to say about her. That's not how it starts, though. Talia starts off pretending like she's never heard of this person. And then she's talking about, oh, yeah, maybe we were kind of close. Like, what was really their relationship? Were they dating before, and now she doesn't want her to know about the ex? <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't get that vibe. <laughs> not the uh, vibe of the ex. No, because... I didn't get the ex vibe myself, but I well, see no, what because you're Talia is it's implied that Talia is just doing this with Ivanova because she wants to get closer to her. Mm-hmm. And no uh, but but I didn't will... get that she was trying to be evasive about Lita either. So No, I just, yeah, I got the... No, I didn't get that either. No, it's... I see where you're coming to, though. Perhaps the other personality was whispering in her head, saying, give us some information. Could be. Maybe, you know put doubt in her mind be, say she worked for the Psychops. But she never said I mean they never showed us ha- uh, Ivanova telling her why Lita was there. So we have to assume that she told her later. Because why else would Talia go after Lita? Oh That's, yes. That is one possibility. The other is we know that <laughs> Susan has the ability to block people when they're scanning her. Does that block apply when she's sleeping? Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought about that, too. Yeah. And, read her. and remember a line from earlier in the show, the line you absolutely hate. Which one? About yeah. telepaths making love. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The worst line in the history of television. <laughs> that line. That one. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't think I didn't think about ha- it. When that happened, I don't think she'd be able to block her thoughts. <laughs> mm, <maybe>. Every thought <laughs> ever just streams forward. See, when you said the worst <laughs> line in the history of television, I'm thinking, no, not the mind probe. Oh, 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 oh. I think that's actually on Babylon 5 as well. <laughs> uh, when turns out when Lita found out, when Lita realized she didn't want to be a psychop, she became a commercial telepath. Well, she doesn't actually say that. She said she didn't like the work. But she could have been a Psychop anyway. She's not strong enough. But the way I see it is Psychops must have bureaucrats working with them, must have people to basically do the paperwork. And so... I was kind of getting the impression. Sorry. Yeah. So, you know, perhaps anyone under a P10 can actually intern with them. Sorry, Elizabeth, what's your theory? Well, I don't know. Um... I don't know why I was getting this impression. I don't know if it was specifically from this episode, but maybe, like, you know, while you're at the Psy Academy and, and training, your Psy rating can increase, maybe? 
Maybe you can train your psi ability and you can reach different levels. Because it never really says specifically whether it's intrinsic yeah. or whether it's based on a test or something. Yeah, and maybe, maybe they test you at several times in your life and um, give you a, a rating then. So perhaps they let anyone intern with psychops and then when you've got to choose a profession, they test you. Because, yeah. Let's get to the good part. Okay. <laughs> so Susan says she doesn't know who she can trust, but Talia's realized that there's only one person on the station she can trust implicitly. To do this in a sexier voice, Will. <laughs> <laughs> do our best. And then it's like. Okay. Lean into one another, then you get this really weird cut. And I'm sure yeah. they must so have filmed the case. No, I don't. There wasn't one. JMS said there wasn't anything cut. It's just bad editing to make it look like they kind of stopped. Um, in one angle, Talia was reaching with her hand, and the other angle, she didn't. So it didn't match up. So the way they had to edit it, it made it look kind of awkward. Although we can all imagine they just cut a kiss out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, JMS did say that. Um, they didn't show a kiss because he's found that it's easier if you step into the shallow end of the pool first instead of and walk into the deep end instead of just splashing everybody in the process. But how much chance is he going to get to go into the deep end after this episode <laughs> with them? Oh, this is only season two, dear. <laughs> Maybe he's also talking about uh, like the network allowing it to. Like, yeah, I think that's the other thing as well. I can push the boundaries with the makers um, a little bit at a time because the audience will accept it. It's just people who are producing it that tend to be the problem. <laughs> Garibaldi calls Zach in or wants him to transfer Lita to a more comfortable place. Yeah, this is interesting because Zach doesn't do it. He fobs it off on two other guards. <laughs> yeah. But she's been in there all night. I guess, or half the night. That's they don't have any reading material or any any bill <laughs> or anything for her. There's nothing in that room. If you look, there is no way to communicate. There is no out button. There is a table and a chair, and that's it. So how yeah. do they know if she has to go to the bathroom? She can't tell anybody. She can't She's knock to wave her. up at the cameras, basically, yeah. and hope someone's watching her. She does the pee pee dance in front of yep. the camera. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't done anything, and they just got her in that room for all day. Zach is still doing the night watch thing. Yeah, I'm glad they brought that up. Over in Susan's quarters, Talia wakes up, and Susan is gone. Next, we see security take uh, go get Lita to take her elsewhere yeah. while they're trans. Sorry, and uh, as I said, yeah, Zach's nowhere in this. He's clearly <laughs> clocked up early for the night and just given the job to someone else. <laughs> He's somewhere else holding the button that keeps the door open. Yeah. Oh, the door that's what he's doing. The door doesn't shut. <laughs> yeah, so while they're transporting her, the lights go out and her guards get murdered by an unknown assailant and Lita takes off. After the break, we see Lita hiding from security. It's just weird that, I mean, in retrospect, that Talia knew that they were transferring her at this point. And Garibaldi, Ivanova, and Sheridan are talking about what happened. Because of this, 
Sheridan wants to go along with Lita's plan, but they have to find her first and put her under protective custody. Susan objects, but Sheridan says they need to know who it is because they have to know if they can trust each other. I think they were trying to make her look suspicious, but mm-hmm. I never really. I mean, it was. I think you mentioned that in the commentary. What? That we didn't that ever it, believe that it was her. That it looked like they were trying to make it appear that Susan was the mole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Delin's quarters, she's writing a, tr- a letter about trade negotiations with the Lumati. They are, remember, they're the seal oh, the deal with yeah. sex people. You see, she uh. was saying something along the lines of, of we can't complete any trade at this current time. So well, they wanted Earth of, style. Well, I was kind of thinking more of one of us had a quiet word with her and said, if you do trade the Lumati, they'll want this. So. Glenn's doing the polite thing and saying they can't do a trade before they go into any sort of negotiations. <laughs> um, Delane gets a call from Lita asking for help with something. Um, and Lita wants to meet in Brown, Brown 3 in about an hour. I laugh every time they mention Brown sector because I'm <laughs> immature. <laughs> Um, the part about this scene that I love, besides the visual of Lita's broken face behind Delenn, is at the end of the call, she reaches down and turns it off, which means that the comm system is not psychic for the first time in the show's history. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a couple uh, areas where where people have reached uh, to turn things off, but yeah, most of the time it just pops up. But I did like the refracted reflections of Lita hanging in whatever that was, mirrors or something, behind a lens. <clears throat> yeah. So in the corridor, Susan runs into Talia. Apparently they fixed Talia's quarter, so she wanted to get her things. And Talia noticed Susan wasn't there when she woke up. Mm-hmm. She's like, where were you, baby? <laughs> so, <laughs> Susan needed to get some air. She says a lot has been on her mind. And Susan said that she's hitting things and she's worried about how to tell the truth. And Talia says she was, she's there for her. So next, Delenn goes to see Sheridan. Again, sorry, even in this scene when they're kind of trying to relay important information to one another, it still kind of feels like they're flirting. <laughs> I don't remember that. I can't remember how they were in this scene. Lita will come back only if everyone is present. Delenn is honor-bound not to tell what Lita is. That's convenient. No. <laughs> she, she says she's honor-bound. He can't argue with that or can't force her to do anything, mm-hmm. I guess. Sheridan says to tell her they are ready to meet. When Sheridan arrives back at his quarters, Ivanova is there waiting for him. Long story short, we find out that Susan is a latent telepath, which I believe was predicted in season one. Yay! I think you did, didn't you? This is very exciting. I I enjoy this scene and kind of her old build-up to this, actually. It it really feels like it resonates with the whole process of coming out and stuff like that. Absolutely. You know, it's it's part of you that you're afraid to tell even your closest people because you don't want to alienate anyone. And it 
it'll change how they see you completely. I love Sheridan in this. Susan is giving her coming out story, and Sheridan's reaction is, let's go on a telepath pride march. <laughs> More or less, yeah. I didn't think of it like that, but yeah, it kind of does. Have they that defined is... what latent means in terms of telepaths? Not in childhood. As we learned from Alyssa, it normally comes on with the onset of puberty. There are some that show up later in life. And hers would have developed later in life, but she's not even a P one. She's like a P point five. It's so latent. Just means that it wasn't there until it was there, or yep. what does latent mean in this context? Just it kind of means it's not coming to full bloom. And she thinks she's a P point five, but that's sort of, she's not explored her psychic abilities. She's like, you know, she's been told to keep it hidden and keep it right. away from anyone and. You know, she's actually afraid of her own powers, so... Right. If they came into Bloom, she could be more powerful, but she hasn't even explored it, so she doesn't want to find out if she's more powerful. That's what I read into it. One other thing about this scene, what is it with station commanders never changing their lock codes? Well, I think it was kind of part that was pointing out from... JMS, yeah, we've noticed we had this problem. So here, yeah, we can get in. <laughs> yeah. But can we talk about um, foreshadowing a little sure. bit? Go for um, it. I assume that the dream where she pulled the, the veil is pulled over and it's Ivanova was foreshadowing, but I don't know for sure from the first season. Do you know who I am? Uh, yeah, it wasn't the first season, it was the second yeah. season. Yeah, that was the one where Sheridan was kidnapped on that. But when there was another, ship. um, the, when we first predicted this, it was oh. because when Ivanova was having a dream about her oh, mom. Her dream. Yes. Oh, yeah, that yeah. one, that yeah. Was, with that the... was actually the first time JMS hinted towards it, I think, definitely. Okay, so he had because, this plan. Yeah, yes. if, if you read that dream. Now you know this bit of information. It is definitely what you predicted. It is. It's her own oh. fear that she's going to be discovered, and she'd have to. She'll be. She'll end up becoming her mother. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. part of his fear. No, it makes complete sense. You know her hostility. I mean, obviously, it made sense before, even if you don't consider that she was a latent telepath. But if you mix in fear with that, yeah, it's definitely going to be a very strong um, feeling. Oh, self-hating telepath. Or, no, no, no. <laughs> so Susan did say that she could keep her mother out and make contact with her mother's mind. She learned how to fool the test and say, stay ahead of the psych whore. And the only one she could ever read was her mother. She's uncertain about Lita, but Garibaldi believes her. and He doesn't believe anyone. So Sheridan wants some time to think about this and... Yeah, Susan says sometimes she doesn't know who she is anymore, and then we flash back to Sheridan's dream, and then Sheridan gets a call about an urgent message from Delenn. So next in Sheridan's office, Lita starts probing people. Sheridan, Franklin, Garibaldi are clean, but Garibaldi has a little fun with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was I like the little touch how he handed over his weapon first, because if he was the guy, then, you know. Yeah, he's actually... He realizes yeah, how important it is. But what he also realizes how much fun he can have here. 
Um, it, it's great though. It's just it's not just a joke for the audience, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's to get Sheridan as well. Pure baldy, if you do that again. <laughs> yeah. See, if I was the the well, if I was a latent personality, I would have done exactly what Garibaldi did. You know, maybe you can't help but have a reaction when yeah. and the thing comes out, but then you're like, ah, just kidding. You know, I'm still <laughs> Talia. <laughs> <laughs> Talia Garibaldi already did that a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're going to hold off on Ivana, but for now, without any explanation. Yeah, yeah. that's so, just weird. It's like, really? Yeah. Yeah. So Clarence passes. He's so thin. <laughs> well, aren't you glad that he's not Clarence Orzak? Yeah. I would, I would be a. Amazing if it was Clarence. Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. Zach passes and a bunch of no names pass. Yeah, a whole bunch of no names. But many of them we've seen before. There's this one really big, strong looking guy. I was like, who is this guy? I want to know this guy. Uh, you want to give him a name? <laughs> you want to give him a name? Um, uh, just oh, the guy with the go. kind of shaved head? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Not, um, sorry. Keep in tr- so that I, I keep on imagining the next day the crew in the mess all kind of talking with Did the captain call you in? Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> Who was that? Who was that woman in his office? What the whole command crew was there. What what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like do these people know who Lita is, I wonder. Probably not. Some of them might. Yeah. Finally, they're out of people, so they have to check Susan, and she agrees to it. At first, she she blocks Lita, but Lita's able to get through, and Susan is clean, and Susan's not happy. So then Talia randomly walks in to talk to Sheridan, (laughs) (laughs) conveniently. Um, So Lita sends Talia the password, and Talia is revealed to be the traitor. And here, yeah, I just realized, actually, this. Reason why Talia doesn't pretend it was an act is um, Lita actually says, My God, it's her. So there must be something she can read in her mind when she sends a trigger that, you know, the other personality has dominated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the trick Even though she work. did kind of like react when Garibaldi did the, the fake out, though. Yeah, yeah. She didn't know what was going on. She's, sure. not, she's not really reading them, per se. But with no. Talia, it was kind of obvious. But remember, yeah. they also the core say... Mother, the core is mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be a little more stealthy personality. Talia uses some strong language for this show. I don't know if we've heard language like that on the show before. What language? So uh, you blew my cover, you bitch, or something like that. Oh, okay. Well, considering um, this episode, it's kind of... Uh, doing all she can, acting as much as she possibly can, because this is her last chance. <laughs> it's like she finally <laughs> took an acting class. <laughs> Sheridan orders her placed under house arrest. So Garibaldi can't believe it. And Sheridan says it's not her fault. And Talia knows about the uh, Underground Railroad, but they say Psychor probably won't do anything publicly. 
Talia knows a lot, but it could have been worse. It's a good thing Lita came along when she did before they invited her into their circle. Yeah, Conveniently. <laughs> so what does Talia know? She knows that Franklin was helping the underground. And she knows yeah. that there's... Well, she knows that they're all kind of involved because afterwards, you know, Talia explained what was happening. And yeah, well, they... She knows they all knew about the Underground Railroad and it was kind of a plan they all were in on. Yeah, it wasn't destroyed like they made it seem. She but knows that Iwanima is latent. Telepath. May, uh, maybe. Yeah, we're not really sure about Well, they never really. specifically say, but that's the impression I got anyway. Just with yeah. their secret and then Talia knowing other things uh, that they didn't show. And I don't know. Um... There is one other thing you've got to wonder about. The gift she was given by, uh, what's his name in season one? Jason Iron. Yeah. Yes, I was hoping that she it would, like, has. come out at this point. Like, she would go all crazy powerful on them, because this would be the time to do it, but... Maybe she's keeping it secret. Oh, I... That I... brings up an interesting point, though, because Ironheart, <clears throat> I mean, didn't give any impression of knowing that she was any different. You see, I've got a theory. And I don't know whether I should go into this theory now, because depending on um, how we, we're going to talk about the issues with the actress, and if I go into yeah, it, it okay. might be a bit spoilery. <laughs> then probably not. <laughs> mm. I'll yeah, save it for another time. It. I'll save it for another time. Um, yeah, Sheridan wonders if they can do anything to protect themselves, so then Garibaldi has a flashback to... I know it was the hour scampering or something like that in Deathwalker <laughs> when the vicar yeah. recorded Talia says the data crystal complained terror, surprise, reflection for the future. Can we use that in our quotes again? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Garibaldi says there may be something else that he's going to investigate. Then Ivanova goes to see Talia before she leaves. Ivanova hopes there's part of Talia that still hears her, but Talia is a. She says that she. Um, my notes don't make sense, but she said that she you know, was whispering into Talia's ears, the other Talia's ears, and Susan believed everything. And Susan says the Talia that she knew is dead. Aww. Aww. I felt so bad for Susan right there. Yeah. She has horrible exes. <laughs> Her last one was a. Earth first. Was he at home guard? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was home guard, so she's not doing very well in the love life, is she? And last year she lost her dad. Yeah. So it's really not been a good time for Ivanova. Oh, she also lost her brother at the beginning of the uh, Membari Earth War. <laughs> well, yeah. And she lost her mother through the drugs that Psychor administered. Yeah. After this, Lita goes to visit Kosh and... She says she wanted to see Kosh before she left, and since I'm immature, a lot of the, the phrasing that Lita used in this scene just sent my mind to a weird place. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she says she she says she never told anyone, oh, and right, she yeah. hid it away in the tiniest corner of her mind, and only when she's alone at night does she open the small door and listens to his voice sing her to sleep. Yeah. Now, this is interesting, because how did she do that? It's not yeah, supposed yeah, to be I... possible. Yeah. I'd also, it was very similar to the way that the 
latent personality described what she would do to Talia, like coming out at night when, and like mm. whispering things to her. Oh, it was, yes, it, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it was a very similar description, and I don't know if it, you know, relates at all, but it definitely brought it to my mind. Yeah, I, uh, you saw the gathering recently. She's meant to be a P five or a P six, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Now we know Taylor Path can go up to a P twelve, and P twelve should be able to see anything if they really wanted to. And she was interrogated. Yeah. So how did she hide this memory of Kosh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we were kind of wondering, I think, in the commentary that we just did for the gathering, if they hadn't quite decided what the levels meant at that point. And so maybe she's stronger than she's made to sound there. I I think they made quite a few changes between the gathering and then going into production of season one. Not just the costumes and the makeup, but things like the Psychor rating system. In the pilot, they talk about people burning out if they reach a P5. And then there's yeah. no mention of that ever again. Yeah, I think the whole thing with rating system is, you know, you can train yourself up to a certain level in the pilot, whereas the rest of it, it's kind of more something that's not in your control, but your power may increase in time. You, you know, you can't push yourself necessarily. I think that's a major difference. Lita says she hopes she can come back again sometime, but she wants to see him again before he leaves, and he reveals himself to her. And <laughs> yeah, yeah well, <laughs> she sees he shows her. himself. Yeah, there's a lot of light, and there's a sound. Yeah, we heard that sound before when he revealed himself. I think he. <laughs> I'm picturing a trench coat. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. what it is. It's just a but he only coat. reveals himself to women, right? Then he show himself to Ben and yes. Lita. Yeah. He's the pervy old one that they just like. Okay, just set him to Babylon Five. He's the first perv. We can't have him around. <laughs> and that is the end of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Let us say goodbye to Miss Talia Winters. All right. Goodbye. Farewell. Yes, this is her last episode. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. It is. I'm like, I was really? getting that from you guys, but I, I didn't. Yeah, think I'm not going to keep. I Just because real be a real straight feelings for Talia. I know, we're not going to keep it a secret. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, I was like hoping she was going to die. Yeah, this. Um, uh, you know, and this isn't where my Talia hate came from this episode. It, when we first started doing the show, I couldn't remember exactly how our storyline ended. I just knew she would be leaving sometime around now. But then after, I guess, a few episodes, it started to come back to me. I was like, oh, people are going to think I hated her because of this. <laughs> but no. that was really just her portrayal. It was entirely the actress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she's a nice person. But... As, as I was saying, it, she didn't think she was getting uh, much to do with the character. She had like a whole three episode story arc this season, and yeah. then she had nothing until this episode. Well, this is an ensemble cast. 
When each yeah. person was hired, when each person came on board, JMS sat them down and explained their story arc. This is what's going to happen and when. He didn't give them detailed information, but he let them know this is an ensemble cast. Some of you will come and go. Some of you will have major story arcs in the first season or in the third season or not even until season five. You're going to be mostly background but this is what I have planned for you. She understood that when she came on, but she being an untalented actress decided, Oh, I want more FaceTime. <laughs> and she convinced her at this point, husband, because at this point, Jerry Doyle and she were married to go in there and champion on her behalf. So not only was she going into Joe's office every day, so was Jerry Doyle saying, give me more screen time or I'm leaving. And Joe finally decided, okay, you've said you're leaving enough times. I'm going to take you up on that. This is how I will write you out. Because she didn't have patience or, wow. or talent. Yeah, I was reading a lot. And it's one of those things where maybe time kind of heals, maybe. But I mean, on the Lurker's Guide, it sounded like that he was saying that you know, at the every season, he kind of looks at every character and decides who can go. And maybe they weren't really saying at the at that point the real reason she was leaving. But then later on, I guess it came out that she felt that Talia wasn't getting enough. And he kind of some of his comments sounded a little more sounded kind of hostile. Remember, at the time as well, he's also only just written out Sinclair, and he needs to keep up the appearance that you know the actor didn't you know it wasn't a mental health problem because he had made that promise so he was also doing other stuff not just for uh, the sake of this actress leaving uh, but then in the commentary for in the shadow of Zaha Doom he mentioned her leaving he was a lot more friendly towards her he was just saying that yeah she thought she wasn't getting enough and I asked her to be patient. I couldn't change the show for one character, but um, yeah, she decided to, she wanted to leave. I think by that time, the actress as well had kind of come around to realizing she had a good thing on the show and she had, you know, started to participate in fandom quite a bit as well. So I think there was a bit of that as well. So did she yeah. get any big jobs after this? Because, <laughs> Nope. Yeah, she was on NYPD Blue for a while, okay. and then she quit acting to be an anchor on Headline News. And it's after good that, for her. She... it's her career, you know. Mm -hmm. If that's yeah. how she didn't want to do her career, if she was unhappy, she definitely has the right to, you know, do her own, you know, have her career the way she wants it or hopes hopes for it to be. Do you know if um if she if they weren't allowed to take other jobs while they were on the show or? Oh, they absolutely yeah. were. They were allowed to take other jobs. There is one particular character who we will not see a lot of in season three because that actor was headlining another series that was on a network show at the same time. Joe will work with his actors as mm -hmm. long as they communicate up front and right. as long as there's not an important plot line for them coming up. And I think that was... Um... Maybe one of the issues with her, she maybe wanted to work on something else and she wasn't... No, I shouldn't say that. I'm not really sure. I may be getting confused with something well, else. Well, a bit of a spoiler but, for um, Battlestar Galactica, but you get um, the character Billy 
who wanted to leave. Aww. You know, the I'm actor sorry. wanted to go because he had got a pilot on, you know, a leading role, you know, in something that never went to series. And so he wanted to. He thought that, you know, it was his big break. And so he wanted to leave BSG. These things happen, don't they? Yep. Billy was my Clarence of that show. Aww, <laughs> Billy. Yeah, it would be really interesting to see where he would have gone. Apparently, um, Andrea Thompson had a guarantee to be paid for 13 episodes, even though she was only in about seven or eight a season. And even like Jakar and Londo didn't have that guarantee, and they were in about the same number of episodes. I didn't, well, know, didn't, have that I didn't know about that guarantee. That's actually a really good deal. You know, you're getting paid for work you're not doing. Yeah, they got that guarantee. How can I get that deal? At the time, yeah, at the time they didn't have it. So, but yeah, she. And there was a comment that, um, yeah, JMS said that, you know, she was in an episode. She wanted the episode to be about her, but, uh, hello, oh, well, she you're wasn't happy. happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she ended up being on 24 later, which I kind of think I liked her better on that show than on this show. I need to remember. I need to, well, which season do you remember which she was in? I think it was around season three, maybe. So still that's nearly 10 years different. So. I can see how that would change your view on her, you know. So I have a bunch of notes. Let's see. So, yeah, they were in. They were um, foreshadowing this implanted personality, like in the quality of mercy. After she uh, scanned that killer, she saying something to Garibaldi about things that live inside us, Mister Garibaldi. Terrible things. Terrible. Um, yeah, the thing with the vicar when he recorded her and gave the data crystal to Kosh. We already know that Earth knows how to replace someone's personality, so that probably what would have been used to restore Talia's original personality well, back to her. Yeah, part of my theory is actually also um Ironheart knew the personality was in her. Part of his gift is okay, it'll look like your original personality is deleted, but I'm going to hide it away in the tiniest portion of your mind uh, that can be unlocked later so when they did this episode they knew she wasn't going to be around anymore then, right. then why would yeah. they put this last part in well in to case, make us think that it, uh, oh in I case think, she came back at some point yeah in case she okay. was able to come back you know right. maybe something would happen later down the line and something could be worked out yeah okay that makes sense so, oh yeah, that was the question that you guys brought up. How did Talia know that Lita was being transferred? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so JMS says that originally Takashima was going to be controlled because she had a background on Mars, so that would have worked in with that. She was yeah. going to be the, the mole that shoots Garibaldi and, or they were just what wouldn't have her shoot Garibaldi. No, they, it, it still would have been, it would have been one long story arc, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't have known who shot him, probably. Later. Yeah, I don't think that would have been resolved. Well, maybe we would have found out, but others might not have. Okay. Yeah, and I think even in the um, pilot, you can actually... I think we've talked about this, but there's a clue that so sees a mole. Um, people have zoomed into a part where um, either the Rimbari or um, Delvana go into a set of quarters and they actually use Takashima's ID uh, and her name shows up on screen yep yep 
And she's growing illegal coffee. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. Clue. Yeah, they transferred the coffee to Ivana, but they did transfer some of Takashima to Talia. Um, let's see, about Patricia Tallman, Pat, <laughs> coming back. They said that she had just given birth to her son four to six weeks earlier, so this was pretty much her first day back mm. for her wow. job back. So there wasn't, yeah, she, she was great. Oh, hey, Jan- Sorry, another note on her. Um, from what I believe, she, uh, I might be wrong on this. Didn't she marry the guy that actually is inside Kosh's suit? Jeffrey Willard, that's correct. I know yeah. they were together at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they wow. married. Because <laughs> he revealed himself to her. <laughs> <laughs> some girls are into that. Yeah. Hey, oh, JMS. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Every time I hear the name Pat, I have to say that now. It's Pat. Um, yeah, JMS said that he did do anything to be politically incorrect, but because of the Talia Susan stuff, he did get a lot of flack from uh, religious people. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bash religious people. He was just saying that, um, yeah, the, he got a lot of praise for showing uh, religion in a positive light and being tolerant, but. Then when this storyline came along, he got a lot of flack, even though a lot of people didn't have any issues with, you know, all the murders that we see on the show. But I'm surprised that he didn't get more grief for having a um, either lesbian or bi character and killing them, not killing them, but making them evil and then they leave. Yeah, because, that, you know, that's a thing that people yeah, get mad about is, now. That, so. that, that's the thing that's more... Now we've had a lot more representations. I um, guess he's one of the first that did it. That's the, right. It's yeah. one of the tropes that started. Yeah. I think, though, when he did it, it wasn't <laughs> anything intentional, though, uh-huh. that it was kind of just happened to be what happened in the story. And right. since then, that it, you know... It's become a trope, it's become a trend, and it is kind of disappointing to see. I'm not saying JMS invented killing evil gay characters. No, no. <laughs> it also um, does raise the question, was Talia actually bi? Or was it all an act to get in with Susan? Susan I'm saying that she is. <laughs> Susan definitely yeah. is bi, but what about... Oh, her? definitely. I think, I think so. I think because... It's kind of more some of the things maybe she was saying were kind of to get information, but the feelings were genuine. I got the impression that she was just saying that at the end just to piss Susan off. Yeah, that's where it's not clear. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because obviously that's, you know, a really good thing to plant in your enemy, this doubt, this, you know, and, and to stir up all these feelings because it will have an effect on them. Yeah, well, it was the flirtation with Garibaldi. Was that genuine? Was that Talia? Or was that like a latent personality, like making her get closer to him, too? Because eventually mm-hmm. she would have been led into, you know, the inner circle that they were talking about. So, yeah. Yeah, Garibaldi dodged a bullet there. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Do we come up with a shipper name? I can't remember if you guys had a shipper name for Ivana and Talia. Don't think we did. <laughs> Ivanova. <laughs> <laughs> Tivanova, really. Tivanova. That's both terrible. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Salia, I don't know. 
<laughs> it's all bad. Okay, well let's. Uh, anyway, let's do quotes of the week now. <laughs> bad shipper names. Uh, you have any quotes, Mitch? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Lita first. I hope I can come back again. <laughs> oh. Let's see. I'll do Garibaldi. I guess this wouldn't be a good time for me to suggest we all join hands and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> oh, my God. That one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my... So, Ivanova, I have nothing but compassion... Sorry, Ivanova, I have been nothing but compassionate and understanding. I mean, all you had to do is... All you had to do was admit you were wrong and I was right and everything would have been fine. <laughs> you are the most stubborn... Sorry, I was continuing the scene. Yeah. <laughs> Any others? Elizabeth? But, 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 but. You sound like a motorboat. Motorboat? Motorboat? The rest is, I don't think, I like the sound of that. And then Sheridan's, I don't blame you. I'm completely against the whole idea. It's, yeah, lovely. Do you have any, Heidi? Yeah, I did the yeah. I mean, Elizabeth. I've got two pages, so... Oh. I only have Let's one. Let's give us another one, and I think we'll call it. I'll go with Sheridan. You have the damnedest gaps in your vocabulary. <laughs> well, I do have one more. I find this concept of the French... Sorry, I find this concept of the press a fascinating but sometimes troubling concept. It's just the whole thing of, you know, maybe it's more the way she says it. Oh, yeah. This is so new to me. Well, let's end with one more. Talia, the program is complete. The Talia you knew no longer exists. Yes. Now, maybe if we got some more of this Talia, you know, <laughs> would have been better. You'd like her better. Yeah. So how about we do our characters of the week? Who is human of the week? Lita. Uh, yeah. I want to say. Oh, no, no. I, I was actually going to say Talia actually can get it in a final episode. I want to say Talia Ivanova together. <laughs> but, uh, Ivanova. Ivanova. I have to pick Ivanova. <laughs> yeah, I could say Talia in this one. Since Talia. we know it's her final episode. Yeah, that's fine. Not Lita. I'm fine with Talia. Not Lita, no. <laughs> we should just put not Lita. Right. Not Lita, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure she'll have her chance maybe in the future. I think actually that's kind of how a lot of fans think of Talia. It's, oh, that's not Lita. <laughs> <laughs> not the mama. Um, <laughs> who is our alien of the week? Well, we only really have two choices. <laughs> <laughs> we do actually have four choices. We've got Delenn, the pac and then the fish couple. <laughs> and Kosh. And Kosh. Uh, oh, yes, and Kosh. Yeah, Delenn. Dylan. Yeah. Dylan. Back more me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, where am I? Um, uh, how about we do ratings? Want to start us off, Mitch? 10 out of 10 traders. Wow. You really love this episode, then? I do. Absolutely. Okay, how about you, Heidi? I really enjoyed this one. Um,. For all of the crazy flirtatiousness and for 
Elizabeth and me uh, completely not getting the actual flirtatious piece that cracks me up because we were pairing uh, Ivanova with Clarence at one point when doing our commentary. <laughs> so, um, I remember that. Hilarious. Uh, well, but, you know, maybe Ivanova's got a bit on the side. <laughs> and so I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10 crazy flirtations uh yeah this one was like super fun to watch as a commentary and uh i just really liked it i think it had everything that you could want you know just uh crazy things going on revelations coupling um outlandish acting um accusations and recriminations and everything um so I'm going to give it nine and a half ambiguously gay duos. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I do really like this and it, it's a lot of fun. There's some great flirtatious moments in this episode from a lot of people. Um, and there's lovely bits of mythology sprinkled in here, bits of lovely unexpected acting moments and it's a good episode of Babylon 5 that kind of represents a lot of the show. Oddly I don't think a new viewer would miss much if this was their first episode. It's a really good introduction actually. Uh, So although others have rated it higher I'm just going to have to say eight and a half out of ten motor butts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I love this episode. <laughs> I yeah, somehow putting Talia with Susan made her like ten times more interesting. <laughs> and once I remembered how Talia's storyline ended, I just you know couldn't wait to get to the point where it happened. And seeing Lita back made me happy. Um, just every I just really enjoyed this episode, and it's a lot of fun. So I give it. Nine and a half out of ten implied sexual relationships. <laughs> a lot of implied relationships. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings our total score to 9.3, which is second highest of the season. Sweet. Now we're going on about all the implied relationships. I'm thinking if Garaldi and Zach had made slightly different acting decisions that could have been yet another one <laughs> you've read about that <laughs> Tosh and Lita I know Tosh and Lita <laughs> wow um, okay let us hide from telepathic probes in feedback land one of us could be a mole <laughs> <laughs> our first piece I'm oh, sorry I said working for another podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> we all know that's happening <laughs> <laughs> one of us is a spy from intro to X <laughs> um, hey, our first piece of feedback is an email from Lori does anybody want to take that while I pull up yeah. our last minute feedback yeah I can take that one Hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitors to the station. Carl's and my feedback for divided loyalties. Just a general note first that I have not rewatched the pilot and Carl has not seen it yet, so Lita was new to him. 
that could have been true of many viewers, so the recaps were useful. In the Lita versus Talia discussion, Carl thought Lita and her acting were not stellar, and I have to agree. In the commentary, it sounded like Heidi and Elizabeth agreed as well. <laughs> I thought Talia's acting at the end with her new persona was very good. Regarding the scene at the newspaper kiosk, it seemed very dated. Carl felt like they should not put scenes in sci-fi that can show that they're dated in the near future. However, I did like Delenn in the scene. I liked her line about being about it being good to know what Earth thinks of Mimbari. Carl thought the cinematography in the scene where they were checking in the bathroom for bugs was a bit strange, and that Talia should not be trusted no matter what. <laughs> and once again, they were bringing a mysterious passenger on board to the station without knowing what it was. Nothing good ever comes of that. Carl predicted the sleeper program was in Ivanova. He thought Talia would be too obvious, so was not surprised at the end. I don't clearly remember what I thought the first time I watched this, but I remember being very shocked at the ending. Loved the scene with Sheridan and Dylan. I will wait for you all to quote. <laughs> per Carl, Dylan's acting was great. We'll be interested to hear what you thought about the connection from the dream sequence and Ivanova. I believe you all had predicted this. I could definitely see why Elizabeth and Heidi were confused about Lita and Talia. At the end of the episode, I could swear we had... Missed a scene. Okay, there's a typo here. I could definitely see why Elizabeth and Heidi were confused about Ivanova and Talia. At the end of <laughs> <laughs> I just realized. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, it didn't make sense. I was like, hold on. Um, at the end of the episode, I could swear we had missed a scene or that something had been cut because I specifically remembered seeing a kiss back in the day. I looked it up, and apparently GMS said there's just a badly edited scene that makes it look like there was a kiss cut out. Funny how my mind just inserted it in there. Ooh. Question for the ambassadors. What do you think Lita sees when she asks Kosh to reveal himself? Well, a flashy Mac. Loved hearing the commentary reaction to that. Did you all hear any sounds in the background during that scene? And if so, what did you think? I hear the sound, but I don't have any thought on what it yeah. means. <laughs> but it apparently means something, because it keeps coming up. Well, think on it for the next few minutes, and we'll get to it a little bit later. <laughs> Question for the ambassadors. What do you think Lita sees when she... Oh, sorry, I just read that. Quote, Dylan, it is good to know what your people are thinking and saying about my people. And um, I often learn things about my own world before I'm told what I need to know and no more. Oh, yeah. Ratings. Carl, zero characters we don't care about knowing more than us. <laughs> Human, guys dying on Mars. Alien, Kosh. Lori, 7 out of 10 outdated newspapers. Human, Talia, Alien, Delenn. Thanks, right. as always. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that was great. We got a new iTunes review, guys. A five-star rating from someone whose user's name is a number. I'm not, I don't know if that's a phone number. Or <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> kind of looks like a phone number. That's called cool. mm. no, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they put numbers on TV or movies, I usually call them to see <laughs> what happens. So you're the reason they have to use 555. Five, 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 yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What? Oh, yeah, there's an episode of Supernatural where they had, like, a number on a pizza box, and it was a real pizza place in Vancouver. Mm. <laughs> Funny. 
uh, this reviewer says, great, great to listen to while rewatching Babylon 5. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. especially for the five stars. Next piece of feedback is an email from Anka. Who wants to take that one? I can read that one. Hi, Down Below team. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year. It's been a while since I sent in some reviews in time, but I'm finally back on track. I want to say a few words about confessions and lamentations. I always found that this episode was way ahead of its time. No other show at that point would have done what they did. Kill them all. I remember I was fairly impressed by the ending when I first watched it. When Sheridan and company opened the quarantine zone and find everyone dead, I was devastated. But I agree, with some of today's TV standards in mind, I would have liked it if they had introduced the Markhab as a race in earlier episodes. And then kill them all. And then I remember myself as a teenager when first watching this episode, and I absolutely shipped Delenn and Sheridan to the moon and back. <laughs> I give this one 8 out of 10 steps of preparing and sanctifying food. Who is next? Who would you newbies ship next? <laughs> Well, there could be Talia and Ivanova in this next episode, Divided Loyalties. Everyone in the B5 universe seems to love this storyline, but for me it basically took place in one single episode, and therefore lacked a real story. I never made the connection of what was, for me, simply a sleepover. Smiley face. Both Ivanova and Talia were barely speaking with each other in any of the last episodes, and now they should be a couple? Anyways, the episode itself is fairly enjoyable. I like it that they brought Lita back for that. I like how everything seems to point to Ivanova. And I like Garibaldi fooling everyone. That's not funny, Garibaldi. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, but, I but, he, she, it butts. I found it a bit inefficient how Sheridan had to call every staff member into his office separately for Lita to send the password. I guess there could have been a better way for this. Quote of the day. I mean, all you had to do was admit you were wrong and I was right and everything would have been fine. Human of the Week, Ivanova, for being honest with Sheridan. Alien of the Week, Delenn, for not learning the more colorful phrases of the human language. I give it 7 out of 10 motor butts. <laughs> I, now, I go now and read my newspaper on an iPad until they invent the machine that could give us back the real newspaper book smell while not having to destroy a rainforest for my library. Cheers, Anka. Thanks, Anka. Thanks, Anka. Wow. I still love my paper books, even though I kill trees reading them. Yep. Well, I always buy mine used, so I'm not really killing any new trees. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our last piece of feedback is an email from Yan. Who wants to take that one? Okay, then. Hello, fellow lurkers in down below. Here's a bit of feedback for Season 2, Episode 19, Divided Loyalties. Just back from travel, so a bit late... And by memory of the episode, oh wait, it's Lita Alexander, and she's back. We've not had her since the pilot. As usual, when someone from the past arrives on the station, things don't go too well. A sleep agent is on the station. The hunt is on. Dear ambassadors, do you think the sleeper agent was a vanova, or was that too much telegraphed? Yeah. About yeah. About Talia. Have you noticed that in the last several episodes where she was in, we often saw her in mirrors, including Kosh telling her telling her that the data crystal was contained terror, reflections, etc. Did you also find Garibaldi's joke rather tasteless? I did. 
However, I found that his precautions of leaving his weapon before he, the test was very appropriate. I actually kind of agree. I think that was kind of inappropriate right there. Yes. <laughs> but I'm not too terrible. big on... Yeah, but then again, the Garibaldi is kind of inappropriate with his jokes. It was inappropriate, but funny for the viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think Sheridan got the joke as well. It's just, you know, it's kind of, do I have to deal with you at this time? Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So he goes on to say, we learn something important about Ivanova. You have been right on track about her, even if not in the details, yet she has inherited some telepathic abilities from her mother. No wonder she hates the cycle. She's terrified of that they'll find out. We can only wonder how she kept it for Talia, or did she? This makes me wonder. In the beginning of Season 2, Ivanova tells Sheridan that she keeps seeing Earth Force 1 blowing up in her dreams all the time. She, could that be a manifestation of her, albeit, limited telepathic abilities? I never thought of that before. I love the scene with Sheridan and Delenn at the newspaper stand. That Delenn is only told what she needs to know. And Zack is still wearing the Nightwatch armband. And Garibaldi is clearly worried about that. And now for the favourites. Human, I will have to go with Ivanova this time, knowing now why she does not like Psycho. Alien, not too much choice. Delenn, I'm quite... Ivanova, tell no one. Delenn, back home, if there's something you need to know, you are told just what you require and no more. It is tradition. Rating? I quite like this episode, so I'll rate it 8.5 out of 10 Sleeping Giants. And that's all, folks. Watch out for shadows. They move when you're not looking. Yan, the Babylon Lurker. Thanks, Yan. Thank you, Yan. Cheers, Yan. Although that was actually happened- sleeper agents. What? His rating system was sleeper agents. Oh dear, what did I say? Sleeping giants. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks everybody for feedback. If you want to send us feedback, you can send it over to mail at downbelowpodcast.com or leave comments on Facebook or on our website or leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, we're coming up to the end of the second season. I imagine there's going to be some good episodes coming up. So leave. Yeah. I'm sure you've all got a lot to say. <laughs> Whatever happened to our fearless um, website comment commenter Ward ninety nine? I don't know. We lost Ward. So uh, Ward, come oh. back to us. No, he's been taken in by the cycle. They're interrogating him. <laughs> oh, probably off with the doctor somewhere. <laughs> 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 Oh. He'll be back yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, let's do predictions. The next episode is The Long Twilight Struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Cullen shows up. <laughs> 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 Oh my! Um, no, okay. Remember, this is a future, so he's actually, <laughs> um, who struggled to actually go through the whole saga. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a Sinmar and Babylon Five's having a marathon. At end. <laughs> oh dear! 
the Twilight uh, saga and tries to figure out humans from oh no the people in the oh, no. oh no don't do it, Dylan. I don't. Okay. Um, I don't know because Twilight technically is like a time of day, and um. Near the hour of scampering, maybe. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it probably means different things when you're out in, like, deep space. Because yeah. it, there's not that time of day. Um, but it also, Twilight, I guess, like, also means, like, the nearing the end of a person's life. Um, hmm. What is it, the long Twilight? Sub- what was the Struggle. Lo- struggle. I would think that, like, the, I don't know, a translation of that would maybe mean, like, the struggle near the end or something. But I have no idea where that, what it could mean for, like, the characters in the show. I've got pretty much nothing. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to say it has to do with, I'm gonna say it combines both the Narn Centauri thing and the shadows somehow. Because Twilight's kind of shadowy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, for overall predictions, I'm wondering what effect this is all going to have on Ivanova, like getting close to someone and kind of opening up to her, and then she's evil. Mm. Um, because I feel like that will probably go somewhere. I think that the Psychor will find out about Ivanova, and that will cause a problem. Hmm. I don't know why they would care so much, but maybe they'll try to... I mean, I don't know if, like, the person... I mean, it seems like, to me, the person didn't need to be uh, a psi in order to have the implanted personality. So they don't necessarily need her for that. Um, But I feel like they could think of a way to use her somehow. Maybe Talia transferred her telekinetic powers... Because I really want to see those come to fruition somehow. I tell you, no. So maybe Ivanova has them now. <laughs> I know that that is disappointing. If Talia is not going to be around anymore, and we can't ever see what gift, if we could never see what gift she was transferred, that would that would be too bad. Yes, because I really expected her at some point to just like come out all evil, but with the superpowers, not just what happened. Yeah, Psychor has to get another presence on the station. They're gonna, I mean, like, they're gonna, I mean, Lita is not gonna work with the Psychor, so, you know, they need to have somebody there somehow. Yeah, we're gonna have to have another telepath. Yeah. Or somebody, or somehow, like, a mole or something. There's, you're gonna have to, because clearly they, they want to know what's going on in Babylon 5. Um, Delenn and Sheridan are totally together. And probably going to have a baby. <laughs> Most <laughs> likely. Because, because we've talked about her cycle. and uh... Yeah. And Morden was on Babylon 5 to find out when Kosh arrived. And then he left after that before coming back. Um, that's my <laughs> theory. And I'm sticking to it, even though apparently it's a lot of fan theories and it doesn't actually mean anything. I like it. And what did Lita see? Oh, jeez. Do I even have any 
like, I don't have any frame of reference for what this she might possibly see. And I have no idea. Apparently the sound means something, but I I don't even know. To be fair, yeah. I, um, yeah, when I was watching this, I didn't really get what the sound was. You mean when you were watching it, uh, having seen the whole thing? No, when I was watching it through the first time, I didn't get what the sound was. So don't worry. Oh. Okay, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't think it would be something that was completely obvious or anything. But now that Will said, now we have this whole thing about revealing himself. I'm just, uh, <laughs> 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 and Mike keeps going to Watchmen. Mm. Yeah, so just cautious a perv. That's just pretty much <laughs> now going. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I should have more, but I don't know. I don't really. Yeah, that's really all I've got to. Oh, right. oh, I'm sorry. Just thinking on all of that about Cos being a perv. In the other episode, <laughs> when um, Delenn says he can't reveal himself to anyone, and it's kind of <laughs> now I'm thinking, yes, because he's under a court order. Yeah, exactly. I guess everyone we're recognizing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we. Oh, do we have a fan that's good with artwork? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll oh, get on that. Cash revealing itself. <laughs> 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 um, okay, well, Mitch, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being patient with us. We hope we'll have you back in season three. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Well, looking forward to season three. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. It won't be too long now. Yeah. I really, you know, ah, yeah, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> Is there anywhere we can find you online, Mitch? Anything to plug? Um, I am part of a sci-fi convention in Omaha called OzFest. You can find us on Facebook or on the website osfes.com. Ah, cool. Do you ever get uh, Babylon 5 guests there? Yes, we did. Um, last year, my favorite actress from Babylon 5, and I'm sure most of you are going to go, who? Maggie Egan, who played Jane, the ISN anchor. Oh, uh, Jane, no last name. That's her. Yes, I was able to get a Babylon 5 guest in, and she is obviously the one I would pick. I say obvious because I'm her number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Well... That is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next week for the long twilight struggle. Until then, goodbye. Good seeing you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.